0: Family Bibles, and we are finishing up our study of the Beatitudes this week. We are looking at specifically Matthew 5, 10, 11, and twelve. And so, turn your turn there in your Bibles, or open up your app, whatever you have that uh, you have the Bible handy. I want you to look at it with us as we dive into this last Beatitude. This one says, Jesus talking again. He says, "Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for their All these Beatitudes are talking about one thing. They're talking about this new way of life that Jesus is calling us to, this this new definition of what it looks like to win or to flourish or to be happy. Jesus is kind of turning the definitions upside down. The world thinks this, but Jesus is going to say, no, this is the path. This is the path that you want to be on to flourishing. This is the path that will lead you to the blessed life. And he gets to this last one. And he, he turns it up a notch because he talks about persecution. And so we're going to take just a few minutes this morning to kind of break that down. What does Jesus talk about? What does he, what does he mean by this when he talks about persecution? And how can this possibly be encouraging? <laughs> we're, we're all in such desperate need for encouragement right now. And then yet here we are. The next passage that we're preaching is about persecution. So what is he talking about? And can this... Give us some encouragement. I think it will stay through to the end. It will be encouraging, just like all the things that Jesus says. And so the first thing I think we need to look at is that what Jesus is saying here is that we should expect persecution. If you're writing something down, you really want something encouraging to write down. If you're taking notes, that's a great idea. We should expect persecution. And so that's one of the problems that we have is that we, we're so surprised when we encounter any kind of trial, any kind of tribulation, any kind of persecution. We don't expect it. But what Jesus is saying about all these things, all these beatitudes, are this is what it looks like to be a Christ follower. This is the mark of a Christ follower. The Christ follower is poor in spirit. The Christ follower mourns over his sin. The Christ follower is called to be meek, to hunger and thirst after righteousness. All these things, not a multiple choice Answer, but all these things make up what it looks like to be a Christ follower, and persecution is a part of that. Persecution is a mark of someone that follows Christ. That we should expect to be persecuted. Second Timothy three 20 to Timothy, that all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. All. All of us who desire to live a godly life, who desire to live the life that Jesus is calling us to, to, to live out these beatitudes, to, to live this blessed life, all of us who desire that will be persecuted. The world doesn't understand that. The world will come against that. People will come against you when you're living according to God's standard. And so we should expect to be persecuted. We should expect that to come into our lives. Now, I don't want you to misunderstand it. We, we, we don't want to seek it out. We don't, have to, we don't have to seek out persecution. Well, if this is the mark of a Christ follower, then let me go find some persecution. We don't have to all get on a plane to North Korea tomorrow. I don't think we could do that anyway. We, we don't have to seek out persecution. In fact, in verse 11, Jesus says, blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you. That word when is important. It doesn't mean that it's constant. We're going to always be persecuted, but there are going to be seasons that we should expect to be persecuted. The when is what Jesus is talking about. There's going to be times when we encounter persecution. So we don't seek it out, but it also means that we don't avoid it. If we expect that persecution is going to happen to us from time to time, then we won't avoid it. Avoiding it at all costs is not what Jesus is asking us to do either. Avoiding persecution at all costs, you know what that looks like? That looks like not living for Christ. That looks like living just like the world. It's like, what does the world do? What are their standards? What's the culture tell us to do? What does society tell us to do? I'm just going to do that. I'm going to fit in with the world. No one's going to even know that I'm a Christ follower. I'm going to go to school. I'm going go to work, and no one will ever know. That's how you avoid being persecuted. It's just to fit in with the world. But James tells us that friendship with the world is enmity with God. That you can't do both. You can't live in friendship just like the world, and follow God at the same time. We have to pick an allegiance. We have to pick a master. And so we don't seek out persecution. It's going to come to the Christ follower. If you're living the way Christ calls us to live, then persecution will come. It will happen. And so we should expect persecution to come into our lives. So where's the hope in that? Where's the encouragement in that? Well, the next thing I think Jesus is telling us is that we should expect blessing to, to accompany the persecution. The blessing of God is the promise here, that he's going to bless us in the midst of the persecution. While we're enduring persecution, there's a blessing. In fact, this is the only beatitude that we've looked at that has more than one sentence. If you've been following along, you know that everyone is just one verse and it's one sentence. Blessed are the poor in spirit for those are the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn for they should be comforted. And here Jesus gives that sentence in verse 10. And then he expounds on it in verses 11 and 12. In verse 11, he says, Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. So it's almost like Jesus is pronouncing a double. This is the hard one. He knows this one's really difficult to cost us. To be persecuted, it's never a fun thing. It's never something we're we And so he's giving a double blessing, reminding us that there is a promise out of all these beatitudes the main blessing for this beatitude that goes with persecution is an eternal blessing all the beatitudes really have that futuristic eternal focus we know that all these things won't feel like winning in this life but in the end for all eternity we will know that we have been on the right side and so jesus is talking about a blessing that's going to come rejoice your reward is great in heaven, in verse 12. He's talking about the futuristic blessing, that this is the kingdom of heaven. If, if you notice in verse 3, if you jump back up to that first beatitude, he says, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And then verse 10, jump back down there. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. So the same promise for the first is for the last one. Almost like Jesus has giving us bookends. The one who gets the kingdom of heaven is the one who realizes that they can't earn it, that they don't deserve it. They're poor in spirit. They don't, they don't have anything to offer. And Jesus gives us the gift of eternity because of his death on the cross. He gives us that. And then persecution, is a, the blessing's the same because it's like Jesus is reminding us that nothing will ever take this away from you. That the kingdom of heaven is something that was given to you because of what Jesus did and it can't be taken away. So no threat that the world makes, nothing that they can do to us, nothing the world can take away from us, no suffering that we would ever endure will ever take us out of His hand, will ever separate us from the love of Christ. Just like the verse that we read in our call to worship, not even persecution will separate us from God's great love for us. The kingdom of heaven is ours. And that's a futuristic blessing, a promise of God that our reward is great in heaven. It's a good thing to remember that we have a blessing on the other side of this. But I don't want us to just ignore the fact that there's also a blessing right here in the present. That with every single one of these, there's a blessing for us here and now. And even in persecution, Jesus promises to bless us in that. The whole Bible talks about that when we're going through trials and we're going through tough times, we have tribulations that Jesus never leaves us, he never forsakes us, he's always with us. And so here's what he's saying, is that in the midst of persecution, Jesus promises to be with us. Jesus promises to give us things like comfort. He's the God of all comfort, so he comforts us. He promises to give us strength to endure. He promises to give us grace that's made perfect in our weakness. Like we, even when we don't have anything to offer, that his grace is sufficient for us. He promises to give us peace in the midst of this trouble. The the passes the understanding. We don't know what's going on. He promises to give us peace and even joy, uh, deep-seated joy that's not tied to our we can even have joy. In and this is the blessing of God. It's future tense for all eternity. And it's right here and now, even while we're enduring persecution, he promises to bless us. So you take these two truths and you put them beside each other. We should expect persecution, but at the same time, we should expect blessing to accompany it in the future tense and even right now. And with, with looking at those two truths, you go, what's our response? What should we do about this? How do we respond to this? Here's the response. Jesus says we should respond to persecution with gladness. That's the last thing you should maybe write down. That we should respond to persecution with gladness. Now, that's easy, right? I mean, I'm so glad that I can experience persecution. But let me just, let me help us all. The word, this phrase, be glad that he says in verse 12, rejoice and be glad, it literally means to jump or skip with happy excitement, That's what what Jesus is telling us to do. Jump or skip. Kids, if you're still with me, after the service, maybe you need to practice jumping and skipping. You probably need to do that outside, but after the service, go ahead and do some jumping and skipping with happy excitement. Some of you adults may need to do that as well. That's what he's telling us to do. He's not suggesting it, it's actually an imperative, it's a command. Here's what he wants us to do in response to persecution Rejoice, be glad. What in the world? How in the world are we ever going to do that? Well, I think the two truths that you see in this passage. The first truth is that the reward is great. Jesus says, rejoice and be glad for your reward is great in heaven. So we have to focus on that. All these beatitudes are calling us to look at calling us to look beyond what we see in front of us, the here and now, this life that we're living right now, and to have a futuristic, eternal mindset, to look beyond that to what God has for us for all eternity. And so this, this idea of being persecuted, he says, rejoice, be glad, because your reward for being persecuted is great. So I brought a reward that I earned when Some of you guys have been cleaning stuff out during this coronavirus quarantine, and I cleaned out my garage and I found this trophy. And this is literally a trophy I won. It's a disc golf tournament trophy, and I want you to know it says the 2015 Hamilton Easter Weekend Disc Golf Tournament Grand Champion. Yeah, I'm the grand champion of the disc golf tournament. Now, it's a pretty cool trophy. I mean, it's, it's pretty impressive. You can see that they, somehow they put a couple hawks on it. They've got uh, like a goddess of victory down there. It's a pretty tall trophy and everything. It's got a golden disc right here with flames coming off it. So you know it's serious. This is a big-time trophy. But let me be honest. Hamilton Disc Golf Tournament. That was Tammy's side of the family. We all got together, and we had a disc golf tournament. There were five of us playing that day, and two of them weren't any good. This is the trophy that my brother-in-law picked out and bought because he thought he was going to win. Kind of got you there, Toby. So this trophy doesn't seem that significant when you think about how insignificant the tournament actually was. But let me tell you what happened. Before we started the tournament, Toby brought this trophy out. And he stood on the table and he says, hey, I got this for the winner of the tournament. And all of a sudden it got really, really intense. Like I I said I I think I need to go practice. I need to go throw some. I need to I need to go practice because I really I want that. That's what I said. And the the reward changed the focus of everything. That's a silly example I know because you don't have a trophy and I let me give you another example. One of the things we're missing during the coronavirus thing is sports. Sports. All sports have been canceled. Olympics have been postponed. All this is, like, it's frustrating. I, I get it. I love sports. But I'm not how frustrating it is for us that sit on the couch and, and just watch the games. I'm talking about for the athletes. Think about all these athletes who have had their, their seasons canceled, their seasons postponed, never even got started. That whole season's canceled. Whole season's just gone. March Madness tournament's all gone. The reason why it's so frustrating for them is because all the work that they put into it, all all the extra wind sprints, all the extra lifting, all the... That training and all that work is worth it to them because the reward comes. The reward is playing, playing. Sometimes the reward is doing your best in the game. Sometimes the reward is doing better than you've ever done before. And sometimes the reward is a trophy. It's being the champion. Suffering that you endure for a while as an athlete is made worth it by the reward. And that's, that's what Jesus is saying. There's going to be suffering in the. If we follow Christ, there's going to be persecution. But the reward, right? the reward is great. This is not somebody talking who has no idea. Jesus, who left heaven, everything, who is saying, no doubt, waiting for us. And he that we can on the other side. But there's another thing he says. He says, They persecuted the prophets who were before you. rejoice and be glad because the reward is great, but also because And it's like he's saying, Hey, you're in good company. When you are persecuted. You're joining a long line of people who tried to follow God, who tried to take a stand for God, who tried to live a life that was different, and the world came in company. And so we get encouragement from that. That's why, we, that's why we're doing so much together, together during this quarantine, to, to do this online church and all of us watch it at the same time, because we need each other. We need each other now, but, guys, we need each other all the time. Because this is difficult. There's going to be persecution. And when we're persecuted, we can look around and go, yeah, but we're not alone. We're in good company. The reward that we have is great. Jesus promises that to us. And we're all in this together following him no matter what. Blessed are those that are persecuted, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Let's pray. God, I want to thank you for your love for us. I want to thank you for the truth in your word. It's all helpful to us. I want to dig deep into it. It's, it's all encouraging to us. And God, I pray that you would bring hope and comfort and peace and joy and grace and encouragement to every one of us that you would meet us through your Holy Spirit right where we need us in this world. and you would flood us with your love and your grace and your mercy, and remind us of know what tomorrow is going to bring. Remind us that you're in control and that the future is yours and the reward is worth it. God, we thank you for that. In the powerful name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.